1: Would you believe
0: it. This is unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness here on
1: Raider Nation Radio 920. Kicking off hour number two of the show, DeMond Cotton and your boy Q. And right now on the phone lines, we have J.J. events from Colts.com. And J.J., thank you so much for your time, my man. I wish we were talking about a game. I wish we were previewing a playoff game between the Colts and the Raiders, but we're not. We're here to talk about potential GMs, head coaches, maybe even quarterbacks. But uh, how did the season get wrapped up? The Colts obviously lost to the Jaguars. I didn't expect that to happen, but what were your overall thoughts on the Colts and the way their season wrapped up?
2: Well, first of all, I, you know, our demise in Indianapolis kind of started with y'all when you, you came into <laughs> Boothal City and beat us in Week 17. Um, you know, it, it was a disappointing end of the season here in Indianapolis. Uh, you know, a, a team that I, I think really felt like they belonged, not just in the playoffs, but as Super Bowl contenders. To have it kind of all slip away in the last two weeks of the season has left a really bad taste in everyone's mouth here, and, you know, everyone is... is Still, kind of, you know, the the phrase Chris Ballard used last week, the Colts general manager, was getting the poison out. Everyone here in Indianapolis is still kind of getting the poison out of how that season ended. But, you know, things are starting to turn toward 2022, and uh, you know, making sure that something like what happened to the Colts this season never happens again here in Indy. So that's kind of the mood here. But, um, you know, I I guess I never, you know, if you would have told me five weeks ago that I'd be coming on your show. And you would be coming off the Raiders being in the playoffs and the Colts not be. I'd be like, well, you're nuts. Right. So the NFL is unpredictable, it is a crazy league and hey, you know, kudos to the Raiders for making it as far as they did.
1: You know, it, it is crazy man, and I'll tell you about five, six weeks ago I would have told you that you were crazy if you told me the Raiders were going to be in the playoffs, but you know, there yeah. there it was, you know, it happened, they lost to the Bengals, but uh, here we are, and you know, it's funny because last time you were on, you, you mentioned Derek Carr, and you had high regards to Derek Carr and uh, it was cool, it was cool everything that you said about him, and there's, you know, there's a piece out, and there's going to be a lot of speculation pieces out right now, there's one on NFL.com talking about maybe the Colts would be interested in trading for Derek Carr, uh, do you do you think that that's something that the Colts might explore if he were to become available?
2: Well, you know, we, we just had a chance to hear from Chris Ballard last week here in Indy, and he said, you know, all options are going to be explored at quarterback this offseason, and, you know, that's something that the Colts do every offseason. Every team, even, you know, even the ones that have the best quarterbacks in right. the NFL, have to evaluate that because, you know, you never know what might happen to your starting quarterback. If you've got Patrick Mahomes or Justin Herbert, which, by the way, sorry, you got to deal with those two guys <laughs> four times a year. Right. In your division. Even if you've got those guys, you have got to make sure that you are set behind them and that you've got the right people in behind them. Um, you know, so it's a constant evaluation at quarterback. You know, look, I, like I said when I came out, I, I think really highly of Derek Carr. Um, I am not a decision maker within the Colts organization, right, right, <laughs> to say the least, but. You know, you see some of the stuff that he does, his ability to kind of push the ball vertically, um, you know, even with, you know, a group of receivers that um, you know, maybe weren't the, the top at winning vertically this year. Like, you know, he, he's a really dang good quarterback. And I think there are a lot of teams around the NFL that if Derek Carr were to become available this offseason would be very much interested in getting his services.
3: Yeah, JJ, so that makes me ask the question, if the if the Colts do bring back Carson Wentz next season, do you think that this would this offseason would be considered a failure if he's the starting quarterback on day one next year?
2: I don't think so. I, I think that's a little, you know, too absolute on this. You know, as the Colts go through their postmortem process over the next couple of weeks, it really is, you know, a five, six week process um, to evaluate things at the end of the season. Uh, I don't. I don't think that would be, you know, totally fair to say that it would be a failure. I think, you know, every option is going to be explored, and one of those options could be Carson West coming back and being right. the Colt starting quarterback in 2022.
1: No doubt about it. Again, we're talking with J.J. events from Colts.com here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Now, something that I do know, as a matter of fact, that I wanted to talk to you about was potential GMs and Ed Dodds. His name is around everywhere. The Bears uh, talked to him. The Bears wanted to, to continue to talk with him, and he, he declined him. He said, no, thank you. He pulled his name out of that conversation. Uh, what can you tell us about Ed Dodds? I know he's uh, Chris Ballard's right-hand man, but how much does he mean to the organization, and what exactly is his role?
2: Well, it's, it's funny, you know, today uh, I had a chance to sit down with Chris Ballard on the, uh, the Colts official podcast that we do, and we were talking about Ed Dodds and Morocco Brown, and, and those two guys have had opportunities to interview for Open GM jobs uh, this year and then in recent years. And he said, you know, look, the way that, the way that Ballard put it in, the way that like Chris can is, like, I, I just fold the tacos. Those guys stuff them. And, <laughs> you know, you look at the way the Colts have constructed their roster over the last four or five years. Ed Dodd's fingerprints are all over that in terms of pro scouting, amateur scouting, just bouncing ideas off of Chris Ballard, of what to do with different guys. Like he, he is a, a supremely qualified talent evaluator in the NFL. And, you know, he, he's got a connection to the Raiders. He, he was a scout for right. for the Raiders uh, probably about 15, 20 years ago, spent a couple seasons there, got to know the Davis family while he was in Oakland and, um, you know, then he moved on. He spent 10 years with the Seahawks, working with John Schneider, helping build some of the best teams in the NFL in the 2010s. Now he's in Indianapolis, working with Chris Ballard. So he's got a very impressive resume. And, you know, he's someone that, that Chris told me, he's got, he's got that leadership quality to him. That, you know, oftentimes when you're looking at general managers, and you're trying to do, evaluate, hey, can this guy make the jump from being a part of a staff to leading a staff? Ed Dodds is, is someone who can make that jump. He has that leadership quality and, and that's something that Chris Ballard believes strongly and that's something that, you know, the, our our organization here in Indianapolis believes strongly and obviously you'd like to keep him around, but also at the same time You know, these guys are talented, and and they get these looks for a reason, and they get these opportunities for a reason.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. You know, he sounds like he's very highly regarded and has a lot of skins on the wall. And, you know, he he turned down the Bears. Uh, In previous years, he's turned down the Panthers. So it looks like he's very sought after. So in in that case, would it be the fact that he's turning teams down because he's just looking for that right situation and to make sure that he's got that control that he would want as a GM?
2: Yeah, 100%. You know, he he is told – uh, you know, I, I think he told the Athletics just a couple of years ago, like, hey, you only get one shot to be a GM. And you know, because he is so highly thought of around the league and because every year teams are coming and saying, hey, we want to talk to Ed Dodd, he can be a little bit choosy with where he wants to go. And, you know, yeah, you, you see some of the reports of him pulling out of certain jobs here and there. Um, you know, if he's going to take a job and or, and or pursue a job, it's going to be because it's the right fit for him. And, and he believes that this is the best shot for him to be a general manager and have stability as a general manager, which is something that's pretty difficult to find in the NFL. So uh, I think, yeah, you're, you're probably on it with that that thought of that
1: dot. Well, I know that the Raiders have put in a request for him. I don't know if it's going to get honored. I don't know if he's going to meet with the Davis family. I don't know if he's going to meet with owner Mark Davis, but uh, I know that the Raiders have put in that request and a lot of Raider Nation is excited and, and fired up about what he could potentially bring to you or bring to the to the team. Again, we're talking with J.J. Stankovitz here from Colts.com here on Raider Nation Radio 920. My man DeMond's got a question.
3: Yeah, J.J., follow me down speculation alley for just a second <laughs> because on Raiders Twitter, you, you keep seeing oh, if there's a GM head coach combo, it's Ed and Jim Harbaugh. So I I have to ask you, maybe you don't know the answer to this, but do you think or do you know if Ed has any relationship with Jim Harbaugh?
2: I don't believe he does, but that's just based on where he's worked in his career, which is not overlap with Jim Harbaugh. I can't tell you 100% yes or no if he even knows Jim Harbaugh, if he's got his phone number, if he thinks he's a good guy, a bad guy, whatever it might be. Um, I, I don't totally you know, know the answer to that with any
1: confidence. I could actually answer that question. I mean, just a little bit I can answer that question is when Dodds was with the, the Raiders back in the day when he was an intern and, and, and working under Al Davis and company, uh Jim Harbaugh was the quarterback coach with the Raiders. Okay. So there you, you go. There
3: you go. All right, because I keep seeing on Twitter, oh that's where and Harbaugh and I'm yeah. just like, well why is this the combo
1: I keep seeing their names put together. That's the combo right there. So there you go. The Raider Nation, let me tell you JJ, Raider Nation is trying to put together like the 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 master squad You know, the head coach, the GM, the OC, the DC. I mean, they're trying to put it really together and put the, the, like the dream team together. So uh, yeah, that's, that's where all that's coming from. But yeah, those two did have a slight connection. I don't know how much they interacted, but they did have that slight interaction.
2: In the, in the same building. Okay. right. I, hey, I learned something coming on your show. That's great. <laughs> That's what we do here. We try to
1: educate. We try to inform. We try to help out. That's all we do around here on the show. Now, JJ, I also wanted to ask you about defensive coordinator Matt Eberflus. He's actually been on my radar when I was back in Texas, and he was working for the Cowboys. I know he's interviewed multiple times. He interviewed with, uh, I think, the Broncos uh, a couple times. But uh, there's multiple teams that want to talk to him. Uh, do you think that Eberflus is going to get that opportunity to be the head coach now that he's really getting a lot of traction?
2: Yeah, you know, reports out there is that he's getting a second interview not only with the Jacksonville Jaguars but with the Chicago Bears. Okay. And, uh, look, I think it's extremely notable that you're talking about a defensive coordinator getting second opportunities to interview with teams that have second-year quarterbacks drafted in the first round in Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. That tells you something, mm-hmm. that he, he's got good plans and good ideas. And, uh, you know, it's not, not a coincidence, again, that those are the two teams that have asked for second interviews with him, uh, you know, according to some reports out there. So, he's a guy I, I really admire, uh, you know, the way that he views the game. Mm-hmm. Like, you mentioned that connection in Dallas. So, he, he kind of has that, he kind of comes to the Rod Marinelli tree. Um, you know, obviously, you guys know Rod Marinelli out there yep. in Vegas, yep. and the kind of defense that he wants to play, and, and the way that he wants to play, and, you know, Matty kind of comes from that tree, but puts his own little spin on it. The thing with Fluce is that he's not He's not married to, like, this is the way we do things, which I think is a trap a lot of head coaches get caught in, you know, when they're going into it, uh, you know, for the first time. Like, sometimes you walk into a building and say, this is the way that I'm going to do things, and that doesn't always work out. I don't think Matt Iverflus is that guy. I think he walks into a building and says, how can we get the players that are here to play the best football they possibly can and put them in the right position to succeed? That's a really important trait that, you know, I I think we've seen him have here in Indianapolis over the last four years. Um, And, you know, that's something that, you know, you go in, you hire the right staff, you hire the right people around you, you have the right philosophy and the right view on the game. You can be a successful head coach. It doesn't matter if you come from the defensive side of the ball or the offensive side of the ball – that's what makes a good head coach, and you know I think Matt Eberflus has those qualities.
1: You know, and it sounds like, and it looks like, at least from a distance, that the players love to play for him. Which, if you're going to be the head coach, you know, you want to be a leader of men where everyone wants to go out there and go to bat for you. So it looks like, just looking at that Colts defense and what they're able to do year in and year out, it looks like they really want to go to and, and, and bat uh, really hard for uh, for Eberflus.
2: Well, I mean, look at the the takeaway numbers. <laughs> right, Colts defense second in the NFL, and they're they're consistently in the top ten in the NFL in takeaways, which is really hard to do year to year. And, you know, those guys, they buy in. Matt say, you know, this year he had these ball hawk t-shirts, which is like these, like, you know, just garish, just like wildly huge hawks on these t-shirts <laughs> that he would give out to players. You'd get a red one if you get a touchdown on defense. you get a blue one for an interception, you know, a, a different color one. I think a green one for a fumble recovery. Like, it, players love those. You know, you caught it on hard knocks where he's giving them out and Got players calling like their hawks in the background. Like he, he definitely leads and commands a room of players, and, and they love playing for that guy.
1: Well, I'll tell you right now, the Raiders would not have received the T-shirt for scoring a defensive touchdown. They did not score one all year long, not one, not one. I mean, they didn't cre- they didn't create a bunch of turnovers either, but they sure didn't score one on on uh, on defense. So that T-shirt I- you could have kept.
2: The, the Colts didn't score one, although they should have against the Ravens when the you know the officials overturned a. Uh, lateral that Jerry Warner oh, yeah. flipped to Isaiah Rogers. It should have been a touchdown. I don't know why it didn't – I don't know why it got overturned, but, yeah, Isaiah Rogers should have had himself a red one of those.
3: Yeah, J.J., you just made me think with uh, – when talking about hard knocks, they were the first team to do hard knocks throughout the entire regular season. Was that received favorably throughout the organization? Because I would like to see that continue.
2: Oh, yeah, it was, it was really favorable throughout the organization because it, it gave everyone a peek into what, what these – Players and coaches' lives are like during the season, which I don't think like Darius is getting treatment on his ankle while he's you know hanging out with his family, and you know Carson Wentz, you know coming home from the Jets game, getting home late, and then it's like, all right, well my wife's going to give birth any minute now, like two you know two mm-hmm. days later to their their second daughter. Like it, it was a really interesting look behind the scenes of how how these guys who you know you almost only see them on Sundays, where they're wearing helmets or they're wearing headsets, you don't get to see them outside of that during the season. And it was a really, really, you know, in, instructive look into what the lives of NFL players are like. And you got to see some of the really good things that players are doing off the field, like Kenny Moore II, our uh, Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee this year, and, and the stuff that he does in the community and helping out with certain things. Like, it, it was a really, really impactful series.
1: That's awesome. That re- really is. And JJ, before we uh, let you go, and this was great, I do appreciate your time. Uh, final question for you as is, is it goes to Ed Dodds, because again, I know the Raiders have interest in Dodds. If a week from now or two weeks from now it gets announced that he in fact is going to be the general manager for the Raiders, you would give that hire uh, two thumbs up?
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, any team that hires that Dodds is going to get themselves a good general manager. Uh, you know, I-, I think it's just got to be the right opportunity. And hey, if he's if, if there's a marriage there between the Raiders and Ed Dodds, then it's probably going to be a pretty good one.
1: Boom. There it is right there. That's that's why we go to you because we want to get the in- insight. We want to get the information. That's J.J. Stegovich right there, Colts.com. You mentioned sitting down with Chris Ballard on the podcast. Uh, what do you got coming out so uh, folks can be on to look out for it, maybe get a little insight?
2: Yeah, I mean, if anyone wants to, uh, you know, take 20 minutes out of their day to go listen to uh, what Chris Ballard had to say about the end of the Colts season, a little bit about Ed Dodds, uh, you know, check out the Colts official podcast on the Colts Audio Network. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. Um, you know, me and my colleague, Lara Overton, sat down with him today. The podcast should be up right now as we're speaking. And, uh, go check it out. There's some good stuff in there, not just on, you know, the the Colts, but on, you know, a guy like Jonathan Taylor and the season he had. Yeah. Michael Pittman Jr., guys who I'm sure, you know, folks in Vegas are familiar with, whether they're on their fantasy team or, or whatever. Uh, you know, go check it out. I, I thought it was a good interview and, you know, can't thank Chris Fowler enough for taking some time to sit down
1: with us. You know, and if uh, Dodds does end up becoming the GM, maybe those are some players that, uh, you know, the Raiders could be looking at. Like, hey, not those guys in particular, but guys like that because those are the kind of guys that the Colts draft. So there you go. See, that's how we tie it all together, JJ. That's how we tie it all together. I'm working here. Right on. <laughs> thank you for your time, my man. I appreciate you. Great stuff as always. All right. Be well, guys. Thanks. All right. There he goes. JJ's Stankovitz, Colts.com fantastic job covering the Colts Colts like a glove and uh, yeah go check out the podcast and uh, some good little insight right there on Ed Dodds and sounds like he would be a home run higher if the Raiders do in fact decide to go in that direction many thanks to JJ for giving us some time this is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920
3: but it will be more than likely if they do lose this game here okay hey fool me once shame on you fool me twice can't be fooled again is that how it goes something like that <laughs> That's how George Bush said. It.
1: <laughs> That's who you quoted. Yeah. That's who you quoted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah. Out of every great quote in, <laughs> yep. that you could have came up with, you decided to go with the former president. Yep.
4: There's an old saying in Tennessee. I know it's in Texas, probably in Tennessee. That says, "Fool me once, shame on, shame on you. Hey, fool me, we can't get fooled again."
0: Welcome back. Welcome back to Unnecessary, Unnecessary
4: Roughness,
0: here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q.
1: Many thanks to J.J. Events from Colts.com kicking us off in the 3 o'clock hour, giving us a nice little preview of a, a couple potential guys in the Colts organization that may be part of the Raiders organization a little bit later on. Who knows? That's why we do the previews and we do the little bit of a digging, a little, little insight, try to get some information from these guys. As we did with Phil, uh, Phil Perry from NBCS Boston in the first hour, as he was talking about, a couple people in the Patriots organization. Coming up at 3.30, Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 Sports, uh, out in Colorado Springs right now, preparing for UNLV, the Running Rebels, taking on Air Force tomorrow, and then they'll double down on Friday, and they'll be back at the Thomas & Mack Center, and they'll be playing against San Jose State, a team that they just blew out. Got a couple of text messages I want to get to. Sam and Ash text line at 69187. Also, the Raider Nation listener line at 702-365-9200. Question I threw out there today, 20 years ago, uh, the Tuck Rule game, so it's the anniversary. It's a bitters Sweet anniversary. We all know how it ends. Nobody in Raider Raider uh, Nation is happy about it. Ever. We'll never be happy about it. It was a. It was just an awful moment. We all know that. But nothing we could do about it. So. I asked the question, if you could change the outcome of one game in Raiders history, what would it be? We've had a lot of really good answers, including the tuck rule, including the Super Bowl uh, against Tampa Bay that the Raiders lost. Uh, There's been many AFC Championship games that have been talked about. There's been a lot of good answers that we received on the Salmon Ash text line. Again, 69187. And this one I like a lot. Allen in Vegas said, low-key, want to hear where DeMond was when the Titans lost the AFC Championship in 03, more than the tuck rule. So, DeMond, I asked you because Allen in Vegas asked, where were you when the Titans lost the AFC Championship in 03? Being a kid. <laughs> all right? So uh, get off my back. That was the easy, easy way out. After all that all that noise, you talk to me. Oh, you sound bitter. You sound bitter. You want to go with the, oh, I was just being a kid. Unbelievable.
3: Yeah, so how you feel making fun of a kid now? Fine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I have no problem with that. No problem. I make fun of kids all the time. You see how many I got? I make fun of all of them.
5: They like all wanna, got issues. You
1: want what? You want to make fun of a seven-year-old at the time? Sure. Why not? Just saying.
3: I don't have no problem with it. No problem at all. I don't know, man. Maybe so was, how are you feeling then? I ain't, I ain't crying about it or nothing. Right. Probably still thinking Eddie George the best back in the league.
1: Eddie George used to kill the Raiders. Man, he used yeah, to. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. Let's talk to, about. Look, it. I'm trying to give. Look, I'm trying to give the man props. You don't want to talk when it's bad. When it's negative, you don't want to talk. All of a sudden, you get loud when it's when it's something positive for you. See how you are. You Got to take the good with the bad. Mailman Raider said, "I got something a bit different. Changing the 2006 draft. He who shall not be named doesn't go number one. Instead, Megatron is a Raider and has a much longer career. That was a great debate leading into that draft." And honestly, it obviously shouldn't have been a good debate. I remember Lane Kiffin, who was the, court, uh, the, the, uh, the coach of the Raiders at the time, didn't want Jamarcus Russell, who is the player that shall not be named, didn't want him. But everybody, including myself, thought this was the greatest thing since sliced bread. He was going to be the guy that was going to uh, throw the ball deep all the time. And he was going to be the mad bomber. And he was going to be the next great quarterback in the history of the Raiders. He was going to throw the ball around the yard, uh, you know, take what... Take what the Raiders want. Not what the defense gives them, but take what the, uh, what the Raiders want. Drop back and just chuck the ball all over the yard. He had the strongest arm in the draft. I mean, all everything. He was the next John Elway. That was actually being thrown out there. Oh, he's the next John Elway. And I know that a lot of Raider Nation fell for the same thing I fell for. He threw I felt, like 80 yards off his knees. Yeah, I know. Bro. Yeah, I, I was excited about that. That was one of my arguments. That was one of my arguments. I'd be in the, in the sports bar, I think. I'd be somewhere, and I'd be arguing. That, hey, you know, this dude, he has super arm strength. He could throw it from one knee. He could throw 70 yards from a knee. Okay, well, so even if you're bringing him
3: down, he right. could still get it off.
1: Well, even if he is down, because if his knee is down and you're bringing him down, he's down. So regardless, but that was part of my argument. Oh, man, I, I was so fired up about that. I would argue with anyone who is anyone. Cute, who the Raiders going to take? Jamarcus, or are they going to take, uh, take Megatron? Oh man, Megatron's got a bad back, man. I'm going with the quarterback because that was the argument about Calvin Johnson coming out of, uh, out of Georgia tech. Oh, he's got a bad, he's got back problems. And look, he did matter of fact, his rookie year, I think the first game he played was against the Raiders at the Coliseum. And I want to say Detroit won that game. If they didn't win it, he scored a touchdown. I remember him scoring a touchdown. I was at that game. He scored a touchdown and he, I remember he fell in the dirt. And I kept saying, oh, I wonder if you hurt his back. <laughs> I was being Who yeah, The Lions won, right? Yeah. Yeah, see? I was there. I, the I was there at the game. I remember. And I remember that was the game that everyone hyped up. Oh, man, everyone's going to show you now. Jamarcus is, is way better than Calvin Johnson. I don't even know if Jamarcus was in that game. I don't even know if he had signed his contract yet. I don't think he even signed his contract yet. That's how bad that was. That was a disaster from the jump.
3: A legend at the bank. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> No. Robbed y'all blind.
1: Yeah, didn't rob me. Well, I, the I, I team didn't I was about to say didn't rob me, nothing. All he did is uh uh he he robbed me for a he couple of jerseys. Jersey I end. bought a couple jerseys, yeah. that's all I bought one
3: for myself and little Q. I'll bet you we we got Jamarcus Russell. I was
1: excited, man. I was man, even little Q. I made Little Q a believer. I he even rocked the Jamarcus jersey. I got a picture, I think, in my phone, a little Q and a Jamarcus jersey. You know. Man. i lied lie to everyone else and tell him it's Terrell Pryor's jersey. What did he get like 70 million? 60 guaranteed. 60
3: guaranteed. Three he was, seasons.
1: He was, uh, he was the reason, one of the main reasons why they changed the rule and they had to start slotting contracts.
3: Hold up, hold up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> 702-365-9200. Real quick, let's go out to the phone lines, talk to a very patient Fargo Raider. What's on your mind, my man?
4: Hey, Q and DeMond. How are y'all doing today?
1: Chilling, man. How you doing?
4: Good, good. Actually, since you were saying, you know, uh, man – my dad used to make hella fun of me, man. When I was like eight, I had to go through chemo, and I lost all my hair. And the one game my dad went to, my soccer game, he was straight yelling over there, Hey, Potato Head! <laughs> you know, you ain't going to hurt my feelings. I'm going to say, uh, y'all staying true to that coming to America thing, man. Y'all sound like the two old cats in that barbershop talking about, if he wants to be called Muhammad, you call him Muhammad. <laughs> <laughs> And if I could change any game, I go back to that 2016 Colts game, man. We get a healthy, a healthy car going in the playoffs. We was poised to make a run at that Super Bowl. Not to mention that with with a better winning atmosphere around the team, balls of steel, Del Rio don't get cut. He don't get let go. And we keep Mack, in my opinion, you know, and we had a good shot at running it back. You know, I only – and I, I'll, I'll move on to the hard knocks. I only watched hard knocks one – one time, it was the last time, and it was to watch that the the Raiders one, and I ended up more mad than anything, man. I was pissed because Antonio Clown the whole time, especially since they aired it when he was running like a fool in the backyard. All of a sudden, them, them feet wasn't hurting. Right. You know? <laughs> yep. And then uh, since you've been talking about the, the, the fan favorites that didn't quite pan out, you even mentioned him yourself, Terrell Pryor, man. Mm-hmm. Everybody was all up on Terrell Pryor, especially when he burned the Steelers for that eighty-yarder or whatever it was. Yep, the, the longest run by a QB. Um, that I mean, that's what I gotta say. I think it's quite fitting, actually, that you that you were talking to the Pats because it was the Tuckerel game, and then the Colts because they're the, they're the ones whose game I would change. And don't me make making Jamal sound like Mister Nice Guy from Half Bake, man talking about mon he's dumb mon but not a mon <laughs> you guys have a good one thank
1: you for taking my call right on man i appreciate you and you know i think that i'm kind of a hard ass when it comes to being a dad and making fun of the kids but my man said that his dad was making fun of him yo i didn't know whether i, did, I didn't either I, uh, I just covered my mouth yeah you said i that? felt bad i was like i don't even want to cry or i don't want to laugh or cry i don't know what to do but then he said you ain't gonna hurt my feelings so cool i'm with it then let's all laugh together laughter's great 3.31 is the time, and I do like how he said the one game he would change is that Christmas Eve game against the Colts that Derek Carr broke his ankle. I was at that game as well. Me, Little Q, Little Q, and Mama Q, we were all there. And, man, it was almost like a funeral happened after that game. Raiders won that game, but they lost the battle. You know, they say you, you, lose, you win the fight, but you lose the war. That's what happened. As soon as, yeah, they, they, won that, they won that fight, that little small fight, but you knew that they lost the long run. That was a rough one. So I, I like that. I like that uh, decision right there to, to change that game and see what would have happened because that was one of those seasons that everything just continued to fall the right way for the Raiders, except for when it didn't on Christmas Eve. 3.32 is the time when we come back. We'll talk to Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 Sports. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. And all of a sudden, all the players, they come together. Mm -hmm. And they say, when we come together, this locker room, and we hit the court at the Thomas and Mac, we are going to lay the smack down on them Lobos.
3: Like that? Exactly.
1: All right.
0: Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Joy!
3: I am very happy to be here.
0: Welcome back back to Unnecessary Roughness.
3: roughness.
0: Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. And you know when you hear us talking like that, you know it must be time to talk a little
1: UNLV. My man Demond gets a little fired up, and I love it. How we do here on Unnecessary Roughness Radio Nation Radio 920 to help us break it down. It's Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 Sports, does a fantastic job covering the running rebels. And I got to get understand, are you outside? Are you? I know it's, <laughs> you're in Colorado Springs and it looks like yeah. you're really cold in your picture. Are you outside? Are you inside? What are you doing right now?
5: So I did some TV outside and the snow is falling. It's beautiful, winter wonderland out here. But I'm, I'm sitting fireside right now with, with y'all. So I'm nice and warm, thankfully. But it, it's, it's like 19 degrees out here. So Ooh. happy to be covering basketball and uh, <laughs> not a football game right now, for real.
1: Right. No doubt about it. You know, it's funny. As you set that scene and we started talking about these shows earlier today on the show, I don't know how we got there, but I went there. It sounded like you were in a scene from like a Hallmark movie. Do you watch Hallmark movies?
5: <laughs> um, yeah. Around around the holidays, you know, usually I'm I'm real busy, foot on the gas. But I'll be like, you know what? Tonight I'm gonna watch Home Alone or you know some little nice little movie with you know a glass of wine or something. But it definitely feels like a Hallmark movie right now, so. I'm um, it's cool you.
1: It's cool. The, okay, I got I got to go and I know I, this is not my focus, but the Hallmark channel Paloma, are those shows not all the same? Do they all not have the same theme? They just change the characters but they're all the same.
5: You know, I'm a sports addict. I love sports. So, low-key, low-key, I don't know too much about the Hallmark Channel. Good.
3: There we go. <laughs> but,
4: you,
5: you can there
3: say you that go. about every movie. Watch the team. They're no. going to get to the big game. No. Watch a sports movie. No. Su- no. Superhero movie. No. He's going to beat the bad guy. No. So, no. the guy gets no the girl and they live happily ever after. You know what? No idea. Quit being a hater.
1: No, no. We'll leave that for <laughs> Damon and Kayla. Let's get to some something that yeah. we're really focusing on here with Paloma. We want to talk some running rebels. And they just got a big video victory over San Jose State 81 56 I know they got a game tomorrow against Air Force but let's talk about that San Jose State beat down by the uh, running Rebels what were you seeing from them I mean does it seem like that they're just really kind of starting to come together especially offensively
5: yeah well Coach Krueger told me pre-game you know the the Saturday loss to Fresno State he just felt like his guys were hesitant you know his guys didn't come out there with urgency you know they kind of walked out onto the court expecting to win that game uh you know he he wanted to see more fire more of a drive more urgency from his guys saying hey you know it's january it's january 19th it's go time you can't just walk onto the court you know he wants to see that that drive that energy that urgency on both ends of the floor Uh, And the guys, I think they did that against San Jose State, just dominating them from start to finish. Uh, Fun to see the guys, you know, off the bench, too, come off the bench with some heat, like Mike Nuga, Justin Webster, uh, you know, shows the depth that UNLV has. So an exciting win on Monday night. And I think the guys needed that. I think they needed kind of that, that punch in the mouth, like, all right, we need to play with urgency. It's conference play. It's January. Each game counts. Uh, And I think that kind of sparked a fire in them now getting ready for Air Force uh, tomorrow night.
1: Yeah, exactly. The thing about it is, and we talked about it last week, is they were going to play a handful of games real quick, you know, fast and in a hurry, back to back to back pretty much just because of the way that the schedule shakes out after the COVID, you know, the the shutdown due to COVID. So how much do you think that that helps them that they're consistently now playing? They had that game against Fresno State, then they play it against San Jose State. Now they play for us and they'll have San Jose State on on Saturday. I mean, they've got a lot of games back to back.
5: Yeah, right. They're they're playing like four games right now in a row, back-to-back-to-back. Right. Uh, to back to back. So it's it's good for them because they were playing once a week for so long. And Coach Kruger even told me, you know, his guys, you know, as great as practice is, it's practice, man. Like, you, you want to go out there, you want to play, you want live action. Uh, and I think that COVID-19 pause just kind of slowed things down for them. Uh, you know, being, being in quarantine, you know, being in their rooms, not being able to practice, not being able to work out. I know for sure the guys have told me, I sat down with Jordan McCabe this week and he said it was boring. It was hard. You know, it, it kind of just re-sparked their love for basketball. So I think when they came out, you know, and they dominated New Mexico from their COVID-19 cause, I saw that, that hunger in them. Uh, you know, Fresno State, they were disappointed against that, that, that loss the way that, that game ended out. But, um, I think I think Coach Kruger is saying, you know, it's, it's January. We're about to play Air Force. They swept Air Force last season, so um, I think they have that mentality, that hunger mentality now that they want to win on the road. And it's not easy to win on the road in the snow in 19 degrees. So <laughs> um, yeah, tomorrow they should be locked in. And um, Air Force has lost three in a row. So um, UNLV looking to to win two straight on the road this week.
3: Yeah, Paloma, we've seen in these past two wins, the blowout against New Mexico, the blowout against San Jose State, that Donovan Williams was the leading scorer in both of these games. <laughs> Is there anything that goes to click that says that, like, maybe the offense should be run through him besides on Bryce?
5: Well, Coach Kruger was saying after the game on on Monday night in San Jose that Donovan was grabbing the whiteboard, and he was, you know, drawing out plays and, and telling the guys, you know, hey, I'm seeing this, hey, I think we should do this. And Coach Kruger loves that. He loves when his guys kind of take command of the huddle and take command of the timeouts because Coach Kruger says we can only tell them, you know, what to do and you know, what they see is, is different than something that we might see. So absolutely Donovan Williams the transfer from Texas has become a leader on this team he's been balling out this season and he's he has such a good attitude he's so funny he's he has such a positive attitude and it looks like he's playing with fun out there and I think that's something coach Kruger loves is when his guys are, are having fun and high energy that's when they're playing their best
1: does it feel like that they're really like I said start to come together of course they have this this stretch of games that they've been playing back to back to back started off with that Fresno State game and even though that was a loss I mean that was was a very competitive game all the way down to the end so does it feel like they're really starting to gel and have that opportunity to do what they were trying to do in non-conference play
5: yeah you know I sat down with Jordan McCabe this week the transfer from West Virginia and I asked him you know how has the season been for you you know have you thought that you guys got off to a slow start do finally feel like you're getting that chemistry. And he said he, you know, it is a little disappointing, of you know, their record and where they're at right now. And he feels like, you know, they should be winning more games. But he said, yes, he thinks each week they're improving each week. They're finding more chemistry. And, you know, there's a lot of big talent on this team, guys, who have played in the NCAA tournament. So Jordan, Royce, Donovan, you know, those guys, Vic, those guys are, you know, they know what it takes to win. They know how they should be playing right in January and February, and they expect that that work ethic, that mentality from from their guys moving forward and, and, and just keep keep on grinding and working. And, of course, they've been hit with a little bit of adversity with COVID-19 mm-hmm. and all this schedule changing. And I asked Coach Kruger, you know, you're playing San Jose State. You're not playing San Jose State. You're getting ready for Air Force throw that in the trash, you're not getting ready for Air Force. So these guys have had to stay on their toes and, you know, be ready, be flexible, and that's something that's, you know, not easy to kind of just flip the script so quickly.
1: No doubt about it. Right now, we're Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 Sports here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920.
3: All right, Paloma. I don't want to count the Rebel wins before they actually uh, get them. Don't go there. But let's say they beat Air Force, come back home, beat San Jose State before Colorado State. That'd be a three-game win streak. What kind of momentum, or what do you think it'll mean for this team, like to finally get that jail coming off of a three-game win streak?
5: Yeah, that'll be huge. I mean, if if and of course, all the guys want to win each game moving forward. It's conference play, you know, it's 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 go time. Like marches marches now is what they tell me. Um, but I think, I think these guys have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. They want to be playing better. They want to be, uh, you know, a, a much better record than 10 and seven right now, talking to the guys, uh, you know, they expect more than 10 and seven right now. So that would be huge heading into Colorado state who's, you know, was ranked earlier this season. So, uh, you know, if, if they can get past San Diego state on Monday, that would be, that would be oh, huge. That's a big road win there on Monday. That's, that
3: one for sure. All right, now I do want to switch it to football for Uh-oh. just a second before we wrap up with you, Harrison yeah. Bailey from Tennessee, commit. Got him in the transfer report <laughs> You only asked me about because from Tennessee, yep. huh? I, and I am from Tennessee. Oh, hey yeah. man, good things coming. Good like, things coming hey, out of Tennessee.
5: Let's talk some Southern football. I'm down for it.
3: <laughs> Thank you. I'll bring out the accent. All right, so Coach <laughs> royal he got this player, Harrison <laughs> oh, Bailey. So, end. what do we think about this? Is this lo- is this looking like a starting quarterback as soon as he steps on the campus?
5: Man, I mean, let me tell you, that quarterback room this season was confusing. I mean, the guys were injured. Whatever happened to Tate Martell? Who knows? Mm-hmm. Doug Brumfield. I mean, like, that quarterback room was, it was a tough year for UNLV just trying to figure out who their starter was. Doug Brumfield looked, you know, promising, strong start, hurts his back, goes out. You know, Cam Friel, the, the true freshman ends up being the Mountain West freshman year. You know, you know, hats off to him, but like that quarterback room needed that stability. They needed that guy. They needed that kind of veteran experience too. You know, Doug Brumfield, you know, just going out there with, he was basically a freshman, Cam Friel going out there as a freshman and they were playing, you know, Pac 12 teams and, you know, veteran football teams. So to pick up this guy from Tennessee, that's huge for Coach Arroyo and, I know they've been recruiting Texas and, and the South pretty hard, so uh, you know that's a great great big pickup for U N L V football for sure.
1: Yeah, no, they are, and they're doing a really good job. It feels like they're doing a really good job with recruiting. It looks like they got some more uh, p- potential recruits on the way. But uh, just Coach Royal I mean, you talk to him all the time. What is his kind of <laughs> not philosophy when it comes to recruiting, but uh, he seems like he does a really good job with that. Why is he so good at recruiting?
5: Oh he's told me from from the very beginning ever since I met coach Royal, that he's passionate about recruiting. He absolutely loves recruiting. It's everything they do in that program from from the sunrise to sundown about recruiting. So um you know and coach Royal, I mean he's he's a dog. Like he works super hard. I don't know if he sleeps, so he, he <laughs> loves recruiting. I know when football season was over, you know, a disappointing football season, but I remember my last red zone with him, he was fired up. He's like, I'm ready to get on a plane, I'm ready to go, I'm ready to hit, you know, all across America, mm-hmm. like, you know, let's bring in more talent, record-breaking classes. So, um, yeah, Coach Royal loves to be out meeting parents face-to-face in their homes. Um, and that's just something that he takes a lot of pride in.
1: Nice, nice. So before we let you go, i got to ask you about the Chuck Wagon. Uh, he participated in the Hula Bowl. Uh, yes, he Yeah. 10 carries, yes. 84 yards. He looked good doing it. We're going to actually have him on the show on Friday. Thanks to oh, Damon. Cool. Yeah. What did you think of the performance that the Chuck Wagon did at uh, Hula Bowl? And, and how much do you think that that helped his stock for the draft?
5: Yeah. I mean, I saw his highlights and it's like, you know, I'm not surprised. That's Chuck. He runs so hard, uh, you know, unstoppable. I talked about that that tank he has where he's like, you know, runs for 255 yards and he's like, whatever I can do better. You know, I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm not tired. Let me run more. Uh, You know, four touchdowns, you know, he, he, he's got this gas, he's got this motor and, you know, he told me when I sat down with him that, you know, he hopes NFL scouts sees that he can carry the workload of an NFL back and, you know, sees that he's mobile, versatile, fast, you know, got that work ethic. So, hats off to chuck i freaking i love covering this guy and and he's got such a great personality great story with his his daughter and his family and how hard he's working for his baby girl so um you know gotta love the chuck wagon gotta love him succeed and can't wait to see where he goes
1: yeah no doubt it should be very interesting i'm excited about that as well he's a great dude and it's funny because the scout that actually scouted him and got him to go to the hula bowl is the one who reached out to me and was like hey man chuck wagon had a great (laughs) <laughs> like, he, I mean, he was that excited that that tells you something right there when the scout is so excited sure. that he sends me a text to tell me, hey, he did a had a heck of a performance. So that's I thought that was really cool. So, Paloma, thank you so much for your time. What do you got coming out on the Rev zone that we should be on the lookout for?
5: Yeah, I'm sitting down with Jordan this week, Jordan McCabe, the transfer from West Virginia. Uh, just a great story of how basketball has taken him all over the country, and you know he he kind of was a basketball prodigy growing up. So awesome to to sit down with Jordan and get to know him and you know his journey a little bit better. And then you know we got games on games on games nice. this week with the Run and Revel. So I got a packed show, um, and then you know on Sunday we're to san diego state so i mean we just we are i'm rolling i'm living out of my suitcase right now so it's fun it's fun hey well really fun
1: act like the big timers and get your roll on you know what i mean just go ahead and get your roll on i ain't mad at you i got you i got
5: you keep
1: on doing a great job we definitely appreciate you have fun and uh, we'll talk to you next week
5: Thanks, Q. See
1: you guys. All right, there she goes. Paloma Villicana does a fantastic job covering UNLV, the Running Rebels, the Rebel football program. Uh, she does a great job for Fox 5 Sports. You can find her on Twitter at Paloma Villacana. 349 is the time. When we come back, one text message I have to read and call you out on, Daman, as we end the show. Oh, we're going to go out on a high note, baby. It's going down. This is Red Nation Radio 920.
0: Welcome back. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. So I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy, Q.
1: Yeah, man, we're going to end this thing on a high note. Damon don't want to face the music. Damon just said, you got three minutes. Like Damon's giving me a time now, a, a, a clock, a shot clock. He said, you got three minutes, so you better get it and make it quick. Because he already knows. You know when you do something wrong and you know you're already busted? And you know that mama's gonna get you when you get home. You know, you know, you know you messed up, right? You know, and that's what they, you know you know you messed up, right? That's what you did here, and I didn't even catch it. I didn't even catch it. But my man, Big Deuce, shout out to Big Deuce, he caught it while we were talking. Loma and DeMond was so fired up and trying to count W's for UNLV before they even played the game, talking about a one-game, two-game, three-game winning streak. DeMond messed around and used the M word momentum that demand doesn't believe exists so i ask you and i talk to you gentlemen and ladies of the jury if a man doesn't believe in momentum why in the hell would he use it in a question when he's asking someone about a team
3: alright first off let me defend myself you're a witness I'm glad I have the witness. floor you know i representing myself in this case here. Okay, Johnny. All right. now when it comes to a specific game like you know let's say the Rebels are playing San Jose State I do not think because oh the team made two threes in a row that they have some momentum but if you win let's say three games in a row the team gonna be feeling good about themselves so they're they gonna momentum. be on top of the world they get momentum in multiple
1: to- games but not during the game
3: exactly because you still gotta go out and play that game that be-
1: my friend is what you Call false.
3: Nah, you can call me a hip. <laughs> call me what you want. All oh, right, well. I slipped up. I yeah, you did. I you say slipped this term, up. I say this term all the time. For the lack of a better word, you know, sometimes I'll say, hey, for lack of a better word, because I don't have the word at the tip of my tongue. And I chose oh. a bad word. You know, it's not the tip yeah, of my tongue. I know. It flows well. In this business, when you choose speak.
1: a bad word, you get canceled. <laughs> I'm trying to speak towards the people. And I got a witness I want to bring in. I'm my next to witness <laughs> to come to the stand is one Vinny Bonsignor.
0: Demond, what? how do you define the word momentum? Why is there even a word momentum if you don't even believe because it is, exists? It, it, it what exists is, what is momentum to you? It
3: exists in science. Whatever the actual force plus something you know, equals momentum, it's a scientific equation. So people try to apply that scientific equation towards sports. You don't see when John Morant
0: starts getting into on a roll and all of a sudden it's basket after basket, defensive stop, uh, layup, easy uh, bucket on the other end.
3: You don't, you don't feel a momentum switch sometimes watching a game. Now, I think sometimes that that's just that other team. They just they just getting whooped. That's momentum, you know. You guys, you, you never guys, but w- you watching it. the
0: watching the Memphis before the lack
3: of a better word. What's counselor, are, I you, think we're are out we of talking about
0: semantics now? Yeah,
3: we're talking. I, so we're, you
0: don't believe there's some sort of
3: um, uh, no. Uh, you you believe in Mike' secret stuff from Space Jam? Then? I
0: do believe that there's <laughs> momentum. I do believe when 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 things when positive there's energy starts, yeah, absolutely.
1: There's no doubt, but there's momentum. Fargo Raider said on the seven ass text line six nine one eight seven. Here, guilty. Uncle Mo is live. Just win, baby. Also got a, a text from Raider J from Sacramento. I call it fraud. Basically talking about you. So you're guilty. You went and pounded the table about momentum is not existent and then you went and used the word the same way that we would use it, and we believe that there's For such a the thing. For lack of
3: a better word, that's why I said it. <laughs>
1: this is a great text, and we'll close it out. Lincoln Kennedy and Vinny Boston, you're up next. This text says, "Damon, call Sam and Ash. They'll defend you. <laughs> this is Radio Radio 920. 20.